Join me for a hymn sing at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th, at Concordia University, Chicago. This year's theme, Things Above. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. Pilate smells a trap, and he doesn't want to get caught in it. What did he think, though, when Jesus answered him, You have said so? You have to hear that, I think, as, It's exactly as you say. That's the intent. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the Gospel of St. Luke. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. Do you remember the last time those who were holding Jesus began to make fun of him as they beat him? They played a version of blind man's bluff with him, tying a blindfold on and then punching him and asking him to tell them who delivered the blow. Of course, he could have done exactly that, but he was silent before his tormentors and would not respond to their demands. This riles them up even more, and they begin verbally abusing him as well, saying many blasphemous things against him. And remember, it's only possible to blaspheme him if he is truly God in the flesh. When daylight dawned, a hasty council was assembled, and they demanded of him whether he were or were not the Christ. He had proclaimed it all openly on Palm Sunday, but they want to hear him say it. He just responds with, If I tell you, you won't believe, and if I ask you, you will not answer. I kind of imagine a pause then before, with a deep breath, Jesus goes on to speak the words that finally seal his fate. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they ask, So, you are the Son of God. He says, You say that I am. And then they cry out, in effect, We're done here. He's just condemned himself. And note that what condemned Jesus to his cross was actually daring to speak a truth that was as plain as day, given the countless signs he had showed them to prove that he was the beloved son whom the Father had sent into the world. The continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning at the first verse. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, even to this place. Luke 23, verses 1 to 5. 
Let us pray. Grant, we beg you, Almighty God, to us and to your whole church, your Holy Spirit, and the wisdom that comes down from above, that your word may not be bound, but have free course, and be preached and taught to the joy and the edifying of Christ's holy people, that in steadfast faith we may serve you, and in the confession of your name abide to our end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you're ready to work through today's reading? Let's get into it. Verse 1. Then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. They want Jesus dead, but they do not want to be the ones who could be accused of his murder. Never forget how much they feared the people. So clearly they expected the Romans to do their dirty work for them. But there's another factor at work in all this, and that is Jesus' own predictions about his passion. We know this from John 8, verse 28. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Now, lifted up is a technical term for crucifixion, and the people get that. Hence, they respond to him when he repeats the same phrase at a later time, John 12, verse 34. The crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? As I've said before, they're struggling with how Isaiah 53 and Daniel 7 actually mesh together. But Jesus thus clearly indicates that he must meet a Roman's death, a criminal's death of crucifixion. And when you think about that from the side of the chief priests and elders, it's all the more horrid, isn't it? It wasn't enough for them that Jesus die. They wanted to see him tortured in agony before his death. Well, might we sing with the hymn writer, Why? What hath my Lord done? What makes this rage and spite? He made the lame to run. He gave the blind their sight. Sweet injuries. Yet they at these themselves displease and against him rise. So Jesus' words will be fulfilled and their hatred will be given full vent and all without destroying his undying love. Pilate, we know from John's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 29, has to come out to meet them as they hand Jesus over because they don't want to defile themselves by entering into a heathen's house, even as they're in the process of murdering an innocent man. Humanity can be so blind. Verse 2, And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Three charges then. First, misleading our nation. Pilate likely wouldn't have given any consideration to that. Second, forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar. Now that would have captured his attention. And third, proclaiming that he is Christ. And they have to explain that to him. He's a heathen. That is, a king. There's an odd mixture here of lies and truth as so often it is when we're up to no good. Misleading our nation? Well, they meant by that that the people had begun to suspect that Jesus is God's promised Messiah, the king from David's line. 
but that's just the truth. There's nothing misleading there. And of course, he never forbade giving tribute to Caesar. Remember, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. That's what he taught them that very week in the temple, Luke 20, verse 19. But saying he is Christ, a king, well, for the longest time, he demanded that news be hushed up. He did, however, openly claim that title on Palm Sunday and again at the trial. And it is this very charge that will stir up people far and wide. Think of Acts 17, verse 6 and following. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. Dangerous stuff to proclaim Jesus as the true king. The rulers of this world didn't and don't like it. Verse 3, And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. It seems, doesn't it, that by his question, Pilate is clearly suspicious of the Jewish leaders. Pilate smells a trap and he doesn't want to get caught in it. What did he think, though, when Jesus answered him, you have said so? You have to hear that, I think, as it's exactly as you say. That's the intent. And as Pilate looks at this poor battered man, it's clear enough to him that Jesus must be on the level of a person who sincerely believes that they are a dog or a horse. Jesus is plainly nuts. That's what Pilate's thinking. But of course, Jesus here has done that, which Paul would later comment on in 1 Timothy 6. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. Jesus has made the good confession. He's told the truth to Pilate, though that truth looks patently ridiculous to the Roman ruler. But being nuts is not a crime, certainly not a capital offense. Verse 4, Then Pilate said to the chief priests and crowds, I find no guilt in this man. Pilate's declaration is here given for the first time, not guilty. This is the first of three declarations of innocence. But being innocent has never meant that you'd get justice, not when sinful human beings are involved. As they see their opportunity slipping away, their anxiety grows, and with it their agitation. Verse 5. But they were urgent, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee even to this place. They clearly are trying to think of something that will make the Roman governor bend to their will. Romans naturally do not like rabble-rousers, not at all. The famous Pax Romana was secured by their harsh treatment of anyone who dared to step out of line and disturb their well-ordered rule. So this charge should make the man be of some interest to a Roman governor. When St. Cyril of Alexandria in the 5th century reflected on how determined they proved to be to do Jesus to death, he comments, their only purpose was to bring down the death of the one who was raising them to life. This was the goal of their strategy, the shameful deeds they planned, 
of the falsehood they invented and the bitter words running from their wicked tongues. The law still loudly proclaims to you, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor and the holy and just one you shall not kill. They had no respect whatsoever for the law. But despite their vehement denunciations, Pilate clearly does not believe that the apparently deluded man in front of him is actually a threat to anyone. He could not be more wrong about that. Jesus is a threat, but chiefly to sin and death and the devil. But when they said Galilee, old Pilate sniffs and out for himself, as we'll hear next time. That's where we're going to call our halt for today. Next up, that mention of Galilee puts the bright idea into Pilate's head that he might just be able to wiggle out of this whole mess by pawning Jesus off on Herod. After all, Galilee is Herod's territory. And if Jesus had been causing problems up there, then Herod ought to have taken care of him. Pilate knew that Herod had arrived in Jerusalem for the Passover feast. So he sends the Jewish leaders with Jesus to the Tetrarch. And Herod could not be more delighted when he hears who is at his doorstep. You see, he always wanted to see Jesus pull off one of those awesome magic tricks like he's heard rumors about. But much as he questions and asks, Jesus just stands there completely silent. Herod's curiosity turns to contempt, particularly as the charges against Jesus keep being loudly shouted. Finally, Herod and his guards decide to join the mockery of this man. They treat Jesus with contempt too. Herod orders for him a splendid robe so that King Jesus can wear something befitting his claims, and he ships him right back to Pilate. And the evangelist gives us the curious detail that when Jesus comes between these two godless men, even they end up becoming buddies. Yes, Jesus reconciles bitter enemies and brings them to peace with each other. I wonder if either of them ever thought of that. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR. Lutheran Public Radio.